0: All right, let's get out to the Sprint special guest line. Joining us now, of course, he hosts a show in Charlotte on WFNZ, but he also does the College Football Country podcast and part of uh, College Sports on Sirius and XM uh, uh, radio. He is Josh Parcell with us on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Hi, Josh. Happy Wednesday to you. What's going on, guys? Happy Wednesday. Week two. Week two, and Gordon and I are just getting ready to uh, go see Sir Elton John tonight here at the arena, Josh. Are you much of a fan? What's your, what's your, we've been asking everybody, what's your go-to Elton John song, if you are?
1: Wow, man, that's a good one. Well, I'm a big Lion King fan, so I love the circle of life. All right. But if we're going back with the oldies, uh, it, I mean, it doesn't get any better than Rocket Man. I mean, that that is classic.
2: Hard to argue. Hard, although, you know, your song... That, that, that ain't bad either and I, I, t- I said earlier friends is a trivial terrific- I mean there's so many that's the thing Josh <laughs> you really you really can't go wrong I mean I'm jealous man I think he's coming to Charlotte I
1: think he's coming in a couple months uh, I, I gotta go see him him and like Billy Joel those guys I mean when those guys come through town you, you can't say no got to yeah, go. get
2: your tickets now man don't wait until the last minute or else you'll be paying all kinds of premium prices. Gordon, going cheap on you know cost advice, uh, Josh. Hey, well, let's
0: start out here. Considering this game happened uh, not too far away from where you are right now, Utah State goes into Wake Forest and and really blows it. I mean, uh, Jordan Love throws three interceptions, and they had uh, a chance to stop him at the end end of the game and couldn't uh, couldn't get it done. But what were your impressions of the Aggies?
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm with you guys. I mean, Utah State let a golden opportunity slip through its fingers and you know, Wake Forest is a good football team. I mean, they're not spectacular. They're not, you know, certainly not Clemson. They're not one of the favorites in the ACC, but they really don't have any any wide, obvious holes on the roster. So, I mean, it's a solid team and it's well coached. Utah State had a chance to win. I mean, I, I thought Wake Forest defensively was poor for most of the game, but then, you know, was able to really slow Utah State down, force a couple turnovers late, and that was ended up being the difference. Uh, but Utah State, I mean – you know nothing to hang their heads at I think going into you know winston salem across the country and, and giving the deeks a game obviously one they wish they could have you know in the in the first game with a new head coach but I was still impressed with Utah State with hanging around and um, nothing to be ashamed of wayforce the football team
2: did you get a chance to see the Utes against BYU and that that rugged defense they have and a pretty good running back by the name of Zach Moss
1: yeah, I mean, Zach Moss, what else can you say about that kid? I mean, he's, he's probably not going to get the, the kind of attention he deserves nationally. Uh, he's one of the best running backs in, in, in all of college football, and I was impressed with him in that game. And, you know, I'll be honest, guys. Uh, fell asleep before it ended with the weather delay and everything. But um, what I did get to see, really impressed with Utah. You know, that's always a tricky game going against BYU. I know they've had the better of that series for a while. But, you know, you never know when you get into a rivalry game, especially a season opener, you know, what you're going to get. And I thought Utah came out and asserted themselves well in that game. And, you know, couple of that with the loss of Oregon, it now looks like, you know, Utah, at least for for one week, has kind of jumped out to the front of, in my mind, I think the Pac-12, definitely in the South. I mean, it's them in Washington and, you know, I guess Oregon. Those those three are the class of the Pac-12.
0: So BYU now goes back east to take on Tennessee this week, Josh. And we've asked you about Tennessee before, but how much did that uh, loss to Georgia State alter? What do you feel about the balls?
1: A lot. <laughs> I was high on Tennessee. I think I said that on your guys' show. So uh, egg on my face for that one because – I just I liked what Tennessee was bringing back. I mean, I I thought Garantano was going to take a step forward at quarterback. I thought that you know the group of receivers that they have was really talented. Um, I was fooled by Tennessee, and you hear the kind of things that Georgia State said after the game between you know the head coach Sean Elliott and you know talking about how you know they just they weren't intimidated by Tennessee. They felt like they were the better team, and you had. Uh, believe one player on Georgia State either today or yesterday, they're taking on, I forget who they're playing now, but they're playing like a low-level team this week, and the guy said he thought it was going to be a tougher test in Tennessee. I mean, just a lot of bad vibes coming out of Knoxville after that game, and it's not a good look for Jeremy Pruitt. I mean, this is already a guy who was the fifth, sixth, seventh choice for head coach a year ago after the whole Greg Schiano fiasco, but... You know, Tennessee fans, they got what they asked for. They, they caused a ruckus over Greg Ciano and, in my opinion, unfairly cost him that job. They end up with Jeremy Pruitt and, and nothing against Jeremy Pruitt, but Tennessee fans, you know, when you're going to storm in the streets over your coach and you end up with another guy, well, here you are. You're a year later and, and you're honestly in a, a worse spot than you probably ever were under Butch Jones.
2: What's the truth, though, Josh, on what kind of athletes Tennessee has? Because. They could not stop the run, and they couldn't run the ball themselves. And that was shocking. Yeah, it was. And I I
1: honestly, I thought Tennessee's offensive line was going to look better than it did. I mean, Trey Smith is a a future NFL player. He's a former number one recruit. They've recruited okay. Um, Depth has been a big issue for them because of just the exodus of guys over the last two years to transfer and whatnot. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I think you saw it on Saturday. I, I think I overestimated, you know, some of the athletes that they have. And their inability to run the football was a huge thing. I mean, slowing down the run. I mean, that that's the key to winning football games. And I probably got suckered in a little bit by the flash of Juwan Jennings and Marquez Calloway and, and you know, the, the hype of Jared Garantano in his third year, a former Elite 11 quarterback. But, I mean, no doubt about it, you saw that there were fundamental issues in the Tennessee program that they're far away, I mean, based on that one game. And they've got a lot of making up to do, and they've got to do it in the, the toughest conference in college football.
2: Would you pick BYU to beat them? I mean,
1: yeah. At this point, I mean, Tennessee is, is, a, is in rough shape. I think the hardest thing for them, if they don't win this game, the, the next six games they have on their schedule, or five games on their schedule, all look like potential losses. A lot of pressure on them. I just think Tennessee has been a dysfunctional program for a while. And, I mean, like I said, I'm happy to admit that I was wrong of being bullish on them after last week. I think BYU has a great chance to go in and win that game.
0: Josh Parcell with us, giving us a national perspective on college football. And, Josh, uh, USC, they squeak by Fresno, but they lose JT Daniels. How big of a blow is that to that program and uh, at the moment and, Todd, and uh, Clay Hilton? a
1: a huge one guys I mean you're talking about turning over the program now to a true freshman at quarterback Daniels is a good talent but I'll say this Clay Helton didn't have much of a chance regardless at at keeping that job I mean you read the tea leaves with what's going on in the administration there Uh, it's only a matter of time before there's a new AD in place it's only a matter of time before Clay Helton is out Um, you know everything is pointing towards a guy like Urban Meyer but even if it's not uh, Clay Helton's days are probably numbered in USC anyway, uh, but this doesn't help. I mean, the only thing Clay Helton could have done to save his job is probably win the Pac-12 and, and make a, a New Year's Six Bowl or, or even the playoff. I mean, that's, that's not happening now for sure. So the, the slim chance that Clay Helton had of keeping his job, I think, just vanished when, when JT Daniels went down last Saturday night.
2: So what do you think the fate of SC will be? And the reason I ask is because both Utah and BYU play the Trojans. Uh, is uh, is it going to be one of those uneven seasons where they rise up because they have good athletes, but they're not consistent and they don't really – aren't organized maybe the way they should be?
1: I mean, I think you just described the last decade of USC football. I mean, that's, that's what they're known for. I mean, you know, athletically, they, they could stand up against – just about anybody in the country. I mean, maybe not quite Alabama or Clemson anymore, but they pull in four and five star kids every year. It's a top ten class. They've got athletes, but you talk about the lack of stability, the, the dysfunction that's, that's kind of been perpetrating through that program. It's hard to stay focused. And, and I'll say this about two programs in particular, USC and Miami. Um, they've both been great. And, and had dynasties over the last 20 years at different points in time. And what's been the difference in my eyes when those two programs have been great? It's when they have had so much talent that it doesn't matter if there's dysfunction or if there's bad coaching or whatever other distractions that you want to put in front of them because they've just been able to so severely out-talent everyone they played that they win no matter what. I mean, think about those USC teams, all the NFL players that were on that roster. Same thing with Miami back when they had Sean Taylor and Clinton Portis and McGahee and Andre Johnson. Like The, the list goes on and on. Like it, They had all pros on that roster, on the two deep. And USC and Miami, neither one of those programs can say that anymore. They're still talent, but they're not... We're not talking about... Just an entire starting 22 of NFL players, and I think that's been a big difference for each of those programs, and for USC, like I said, it's no different. I think you're right, you know, Gordon, that they, they can beat anybody in the Pac-12, but you asked me to, to trust in them to, to win 10 games and, and to win the Pac-12 South. I don't trust them to do that.
0: Josh, it seems like a a narrative on the national level was that the SEC had a bad week one. And granted, Mizzou losing in Laramie probably isn't great. But uh, I looked at it and I thought, well, did you really expect those teams to be all that great anyway? It seemed like the top of the league still rolled like you would expect.
1: Yeah, I mean, okay. so we learned that the the bottom four teams in that league are, are a little bit worse than we thought. But we also learned that LSU's got a dynamite offense for at least one week. It looks like some of the changes will take hold. We'll obviously learn a lot more about LSU this weekend when they play Texas. But Auburn gets a, in a tremendous come-from-behind win against what some people believe to be the favorite in the Pac-12. The Auburn is a, I mean, with the fourth, fifth best team in the SEC. Um, you know, Alabama rolls. It, it, it just, I'm not buying this idea that the SEC is overrated because the back half of the league. Uh, somehow struggled. Not even back half, the, the bottom three or four teams. The SEC's fine. Look at the NFL numbers over the last eight, nine, ten years. You could even go back further. Just last season, the SEC put 63 guys in the NFL. The next closest conference wasn't within 20 to 25 players. It's, it's not close. There's more talent in the SEC. It is top to bottom. And just because the back you know, a few teams in the pack, had a rough week, doesn't signal to me that the league is overrated because the middle, uh, you know, third of that league is still, in my eyes, stronger than the SEC, or I'm sorry, the ACC, or even the Big Ten.
0: Josh, as always, thank you very, very much. Keep up the good work, and we'll catch you next week.
1: You bet, guys. We'll talk to you
0: then. Thanks, Josh. Josh Parcell. WFNZ there in Charlotte, but also the College Football Country podcast and uh, on Sirius XM Radio on their College Football Channel.
2: So now he's betting on BYU to beat the Vols.
0: Yeah, we wondered if he'd uh, if he'd kind of do a little Mia Copa, and he certainly did.
2: Certainly uh, that, that, altered that, his opinion that, of Tennessee that, that greatly. Is just such a horrible loss. Yep, by the volunteers. Inexcusable. Yeah, I mean, how can you? How can you not lean that way? I'm expecting BYU to win, aren't you?
0: Yep.